Well, good morning. My name is Trey Sweat, and I am excited to get to bring today's message uh, to you. It has been 51 weeks since uh, my family and I were here interviewing uh, for the role that I'm in here at the church. And I remember we flew in and the trees were just amazing. It was fall, the leaves had changed colors. And as that weekend progressed, we just became more and more excited about the opportunity of, of hopefully getting an offer and saying yes to a job and moving our family here. And it's been 51 weeks we, since we did that. We moved here at the beginning of the year and now we're excited to get to experience this fall season here. Uh, we've been picking apples, we've been outside, we've been trying to make the most of it. And uh, we're so grateful to be a part of what God is doing in and through Eastern Hills Bible Church. And my role on staff is executive pastor of ministries. And so what that means is um, I am helping our church through all of our ministries, carry out the mission that God has given us to help people become fully engaged in Christ at church and on mission. So I'm helping think through how that works in kids and students and adults and the people side of our church. And that's kind of the way to think about it. I'm on the people side. And I wanna bring up Jonathan Lee, um, him and his wife, Caroline, are coming up. Jonathan is our new director of operations. Can we give him a hand this morning? Yeah. So Jonathan, he is uh, from Buffalo. His family has lived here in the area before. They were excited to, to come back to the area. They've been in Pittsburgh the last uh, bit. And he's been on staff for around a month. And his role is on kind of the process side of the church, um, how we steward our finances, how we steward our facilities, how do we track and keep up with how well we are ministering to people. And I'm really excited that he's here and a part of our team. Again, this is his wife, Caroline. They've got four great kids, Liliana, Madison, Nina, and then a son, Jonathan. And we're grateful that they have made the move here and they're excited to get plugged in more and more here and get to know you. And if you haven't had a chance to meet them, um, please make a point to meet them today. Um, they would love to have dinner with you, have lunch, whatever it is, um, but we're excited that you guys are here and a part of our church family. I wanna pray for them and I want you to pray along with me as we pray today. Um, God, we're so grateful for the Lee family that you would bring them here. God, that you had placed this call on their life, God, to be a part of ministry, God, to be a part of how you're moving in your kingdom and God, that... Um, you brought us together. Uh, God, we've been searching and God, you answered prayers and we're so grateful, God, that they're here, excited to see how they plug into this body of believers, this community. And God, we are excited about what's going on in the life of our church. And we want to be good stewards, God, of what you place in our hands. And so God, I pray for provision for their family as they're waiting to move into a house, waiting on that closing date, God, that you would uh, bring provision, God, bring friendships, lifelong friendships, for Jonathan and Caroline, but also their family. God, their kids, God, that they would have deep roots here in this area. God, we're so thankful for who you are and how you move in our lives and how you call us to new things. It's in your name that we pray, amen. Thank you guys, yeah. Let's give it up for them one more time. So when you think of the word worship, what comes to mind? When you think of the word worship, some of you, maybe it's a, a building, maybe it's a place, maybe it's a memory, something you grew up with, maybe it's people, maybe it's about what 
you do. If it's, if it's a place, maybe when you think of worship and you think about going to worship, maybe you think of a building kind of like this. Um, this kind of style of church was something that I grew up with, pretty, pretty, pretty familiar with. Uh, maybe some of you grew up with something that was more like this, a little more historical, a little more traditional. What I love about this area is that you have churches that look like this, um, the white churches and the steeples and of course throwing in a few fall colors there. Maybe that's what you think of when you think about worship. Maybe you think about ordinances or sacraments like baptism or communion. Uh, baptism looks really different for lots of people. Um, sometimes you're sprinkled as an infant. Maybe you were sprinkled as an adult. For many of us here, um, probably baptized by immersion. That's what I did. That's what I experienced. Maybe you were baptized up high. You had a baptistry way up high, or maybe it was on a stage or the floor. I'm from Texas, and my sister, she was baptized in a horse trough. Um, I've heard some of your stories about being baptized in Kaz Lake or in, in another lake. Lots of different things that we've experienced as part of our worship. Communion, kind of the same thing. It looks different for different people. Maybe when you think about communion and worshiping that way, it was going to a priest or pastor to receive the elements. Here, we used to pass it on a tray. After communion, we receive these little cups and we have those wafers that just don't taste very good, um, if we're honest, but that's how we do communion. All kinds of things play into what we think about with worship. But what I, but what I would guess when we think about worship, the most of us, it's about maybe singing. We say that a lot. We're gonna worship together, stand as we worship. And there's so many different kinds of styles of churches. There's some that are more liturgical, so you stand and you sit and you stand and you sit and you recite and you repeat. The message is maybe really short. And then there's more modern styles like we, what we experience. There's a band on stage and the message is a little longer, hopefully not too long today. Um, but that's one of the ways we worship. That's what we think about. But today I want us to think about what we mean when we say worship service, when we gather together for a worship service service. For many years, the way that I've described a Sunday morning experience, right, today, most of you thought, hey, we're going to worship today. The way that I describe it is when we gather together, what we want to accomplish is we want to sing the word, we want to pray the word, we want to teach the word so that we can apply the word of God to our life. Part of that application is serving others. And so we want to be good at this when we gather together. We wanna to practice service, a worship service. We wanna serve God and we wanna serve others. But if we're, we're really honest, we don't always do this well. Like we want people to feel comfortable and feel welcome when they come into this place. But there's times in our life where we show up to something and it's not really about service. It's more about this, serve us. It just happens. This is part of human nature, right? We drift towards this. We have expectations. We get used to things. We expect things to be a certain way and we just, we just wanna be served. And that's not always a bad thing, but this is where we drift to towards. We don't naturally drift towards service. And so this morning, I, I want us to get into some scripture and unpack what it means to serve. 
It really is a part of our worship. When we say worship service, we are serving God and we are serving others. We're serving God and we're serving others. So I wanna invite you to turn your Bible, uh, turn to Romans 12 or pull up your YouVersion app if you use your phone. And we're gonna look at the first 10 verses in Romans chapter 12. So as you're turning there, we're gonna start in verse one. And so at the beginning of chapter 12, verse one, you see the word therefore. And so that means Paul is connecting it to something that was previous. And so in chapter 11, Paul, he's walking through what God has done in the life of the Israelites, how he's brought them through things and how he's fulfilled his covenant and his promises. And at the end of it, there's this beautiful few verses that it says it's a doxology. And it says that from God, and in God and for God are all things, all things are wrapped up in him. And we give him glory and honor forever, amen. And so Paul is describing the, just the bigness of God and how he's moving and how he's orchestrating things together. So verse one, here's where we're gonna start. Therefore, in light of all of that, what I just said, I urge you, I am begging you, I'm urging you, moving you to this idea brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy in light of all that he's done to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We're gonna come back to this at the end of our message because this is key, this idea of living sacrifice. What does that mean? When a Jewish person was reading this, they brought sacrifices, they brought offerings to the temple. And so when you see this, it's like, what, what do you mean a living sacrifice? Because we would bring, especially a blood sacrifice that was dead. But what does this mean to be a living sacrifice? It means that when we follow Jesus, there's something about us that has to decrease so that Christ can increase and my life is for him. I'm offering him my mind, my soul, my strength, everything that I am, I'm offering it to him. And this is what true and proper worship is. When you think about how we worship or acts of worship, there's kind of two ways to think about it. There's the part that we do with our mouth, the part that we say, that we speak, that we sing, that we read, that we recite, that we memorize, that brings glory to God. But there's also the part of worship that's physical, the, the stuff that we do with our hands and our feet that we do for others as part of our worship to God. Everything that we do in our life is for the glory of God and the benefit of others. There's this vertical piece and this horizontal piece when it comes to how we worship Jesus. And so serving is what the people of God do. And so Paul, in these next few verses, he starts to unpack like, how do we get a mindset of service? How does that really work? How do we get there? Because we don't naturally just show up to that. We have to work towards that. We have to practice some discipline. And so we read in verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Say it out loud, the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You see, the patterns of this world are this mindset. Serve us, serve me, what I want, when I want it, how I want it. That's what we do. 
But to have this kind of mindset, we have to be transformed by the blood of Jesus. And we have to allow that to soak in and our minds to be renewed so that we start to see the world in a different way. And we start to lean towards this in our lives, a life of service. Rob, over the last few weeks, um, spent some time in, in our message series talking a lot about this transformation that has to happen. It was our Let's Make a Deal series. And in week one, we talked about giving our allegiance to Jesus. It's this allegiance over autonomy. I wanna follow Christ with all that I am and I wanna get myself out of the way of that. It doesn't mean that we lose our, like our personality or our giftings. It means that I want to be more like Jesus I want to be all in for what he has and less about what I want. We also talked about last week, compassion and how we have to trade some things in to be compassionate, to show up for people in hard places. We trade that convenience. We trade those things that are easy to do something that's hard, to be compassionate and to show up for people and to love them well with a humble heart. So we don't conform we're not selfish, we're not like the world. We wanna be transformed and renewed. And so here's what stands in the way when we get to verse three, is for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. When we start to put ourselves on a pedestal, we lose sight of the people around us. Another way to say it is when we think too highly of ourselves, we think too lowly of everyone else. That's what happens when we do this. This is what stands in the way. We stand in the way. I stand in the way of doing what God has called me to. And I love this verse because the very end of it, and you'll miss it if you're not careful, it talks about the faith God has distributed to each of you. We can't come to Jesus on our own. It is through his grace, through his Holy Spirit that he leads us to himself and we make this choice to follow him. So even in our salvation story, there's nothing good I've done. I'm down here when it comes to Christ, I need him. And so if we just think about our salvation story, it keeps things in perspective. I'm not up here. I'm on the same playing field as everyone else. And so that means I'm not deserving of anything. I serve those around me. So Paul goes on to unpack what this looks like in the body of Christ, what this looks like in the local church. And so I wanna start out in verse four and it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, verse five, so in Christ, we, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. What is this talking about? It means that we are one body in Christ. If you know Jesus, we're connected. But within that body, everyone has their own function, their own job, their own gifting that they bring to the table. We've talked about this before. There's unity because of Christ, but not uniformity. We don't all look the same. We don't even all think the same, but we're unified by Jesus Christ. And then in verse five, it's so in Christ, though many, form one body, each member belongs to all the others. What is that talking about? 
the way that I kind of think of this is I have a sister and a brother. I have a sister who's four years younger and a brother who's 12 years younger. We have the same last name. We come from the same family. We have the same DNA, but we don't always think the same. Believe it or not, growing up, there was times where we fought and we wrestled and we got mad at each other and we hit each other and we called each other's names. But at the end of the day, we were for one another. They belong to me and I belong to them because we are in the same family. It's a lot like the body of Christ. At the beginning of Romans 12, it says brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ. There's gonna be times where things are different, but we're one family. We are unified through Jesus Christ. So we go on to verse six. It starts to talk about what these gifts look like. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. When we say yes to Jesus, his grace comes on us through his Holy Spirit and his spirit dwells in us and he gives us gifts to use for his kingdom. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. And when you see prophesying in scripture, it's not usually talking about the future. It's more talking about just explaining who God is and how his heart works and how his mind works. It's this forth telling, it's sharing about God. If that's your gift, then talk about it, use it. Verse seven, if it is serving, then serve. In some versions, it says ministry. If it's ministry, then minister. If you care for people and you wanna show up in the season that they're in and you wanna walk alongside them, then do it, serve, serve with all that you have. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then encourage. You see, we need teaching and encouragement. I I know some of you are gifted in teaching. I've got to hear you teach in various forms and you're gifted in explaining God's word. But you also need people who are good at encouraging and exhorting. If you just have teaching, it's what some say, you become like a fat sheep. You just keep taking in all this information and you're never encouraged to apply it and use it. But if you don't have strong teaching and a lot of encouragement, then you just fizzle out. You run too fast and you get burned out. You need both. If that's your gift, then do it. If it is giving, then give generously. All of us are called to give and to be generous, but some are called to give more. That's just who you are. You just love to give, you think about giving, and you also have resources that make huge impacts in the kingdom of God. It's something that you're gifted in. If it is to lead, you're a problem solver, you've got perseverance, you can gather people and accomplish a goal, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, to care for people in some of the hardest moments, do it cheerfully. And then he wraps up all of these different gifts in verse nine and he says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. See, scripture points out multiple times that if we know Jesus, people know that by the way that we love, the way that we care, the way that we show up for one another. Verse 10, this being devoted to one another, it's, it's like the glue. It's the secret sauce that kind of makes all of this work together. And just think about this. It's not an option. This is a command, be devoted. This is who we are as Christ followers. This is how we accomplish this kind of mindset versus 
that kind of mindset is we're devoted to one another. We're kind towards each other. We're not standoffish with each other. We're affectionate towards one another. One, comment, one theologian in a commentary he said, it really is just simple good manners is what we are called to as Christ followers. Even when there are differences, we're devoted to one another. So part of what God is calling us to as a church and what Paul is reminding us of is that to do the work that the Lord has, it's gonna take a body of believers being devoted to one another in love to accomplish what I've asked you to accomplish. It takes us being together. There's a story that I came across and it's, um, it was a Navy SEAL who was being um, interviewed about the process of becoming a Navy SEAL. And there's only about 10% of the guys make it through the Navy SEAL training, which is crazy, super hard, super grueling. And this is what the Navy SEAL said. It's not the big muscle bound guys. They look impressive, but they don't have what it takes. It's not the tattooed tough guys. They look scary, but they don't have what it takes. It's not the college educated stars. They look like leaders, but don't have what it takes. The ones who make it through don't necessarily look impressive. And there may be times during the training when they are shivering in fear, but at some point during the grueling, punishing training when they're exhausted, when they're mentally spent, and when it doesn't look as though they can go on, they dig deep and they find a way to help the person next to them. What allows them to walk through something really hard is it's not just about them. It's about the person next to them. And together they get through this thing together. And so when we talk about service and a service mindset, service is selfless. It's not about me. It's not about what I want or my preferences. It's about who's beside me, who's next to me, who's in front of me, who's behind me. What am I doing to help them? What am I doing to serve them? Remember, it's how we worship. We, everything we do is for the glory of God and the benefit of others, the benefit of those around us. So I want to go back to this first verse in chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, I plead with you, I beg you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, all that he's done for you through Christ, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Selfless, for God, for others. It's what we're called to do. So this morning when you came in, you received a card and I want you to, to grab that card. And you may have already read through this and you're like, I, I know what this is. They're gonna ask me to do something and we are gonna ask you to do something. But I want you to hang with me for a minute in light of what we just read and talked about because we do wanna be a people that we have a service mindset, not a serve us mindset. And so a lot of you, you have been serving in this church for a long time. Some of you have been serving since it started. Over 50 years you've been serving and you've been doing an amazing job. And because of your faithful service, we're able to do what we're doing today. We're still reaching people in the name of Jesus in central New York because of your service. Some of you, you've been serving a long time and you're like, 
I'm, I'm kind of burnt out, honestly. Like I, I, need, I need a break. Or maybe I've been serving a long time and I'm not really loving what I'm doing and that's okay. But there's many of you that you've been coming to church maybe for a little bit or for a long time and you've yet to really step in and be a part of worship service in the sense of serving others while you're here. And so I wanna get to what that looks like in just a minute. But I also know part of our background as a church is, is we've done things like this. We said, hey, we need help. We need people to serve. You've probably filled out a card before. You've scanned a QR code and, and maybe people followed up with you. Maybe they didn't. Maybe you kind of got plugged in, but no one really helped you or cared for you in that process and helped you discover some of those gifts and passions. And part of my job and part of why I'm here is to help that process be different and to be better. I don't wanna promise it's amazing, but I wanna promise that we will come alongside you if you choose to serve or you are already serving. We're coming alongside you to help you figure out what it is that God has for you when it comes to serving others. And so on the front part of this card, it says at EHBC, we are passionate about positioning people to use the gifts the Lord has given them to live out our mission, to help people become fully engaged in Christ at church and on mission. We wanna help you get involved in what God is doing here. And then when you turn it to the backside, there's a place for your information, but there's all these areas that are on the bottom of this card. And these are different areas that are a part of our church. And so guest services, that's what you experience when you pull up into the parking lot and you walk into our building and there's friendly faces that are greeting you. There's donuts and coffee ready for you. There's people roaming around that maybe you've never noticed that are helping keep this place safe and secure. There's ushers helping guiding you. They're guiding you to your seat. They're passing bags and passing out communion. We wanna serve guests to the best of our ability. Kids in student ministry, I'll come back to in just a minute, but we have our, our worship team, people who are gifted vocally and musically, but not just that, with technology. They, they, they love to be behind the scenes and help, help execute things in a way that's free of distraction so that people can hear the message of God. Care ministry, we are wanting to build a team, an army of people who pray for others, who come alongside and bring meals when people are hurting, who go make hospital visits, who care for people in hard seasons of life. Local outreach, it's a part of our church. Even this morning, right out in the lobby, we have our friends from Sleep in Heavenly Peace. We have a build coming up. We're gonna to try to build as many beds as we can in two hours on October 14th. And you can go out in the lobby, scan a code, sign up, and you can be a part of local outreach on October 14th. It's an easy way to be a part of what we're doing here at Eastern Hills. Handyman work. Maybe you've got a gift for fixing things and making things look better. We have all kinds of projects, little, small, big, that we wanna have happen around this building so that when people experience our church for the first time, it looks good, feels good, sounds good. And then service production. I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's three to 400 people every Sunday watching our online services. And so we wanna be able to give a good service through online that people can worship and experience Christ, maybe for the first time. Maybe that's an area you wanna help in. But one of the biggest needs in our church is in our kids and students ministry. And that's, that's, all wrapped around the next generation, us helping the next generation experience Christ, find Jesus and grow in their faith in him. And it takes a lot of people to do that. Sometimes it's as simple as holding a baby. I know that's not simple, but 
It can be just that, I'm holding a baby. Maybe it's sitting in the floor with some third graders talking about what John 3, 16 really means. Maybe it's on a Wednesday night with high school students and you get the chance to pour into some young men and young women and you get to share your story of how you're following Jesus and how they can do that too. We need people. We need people who have this service mindset that are passionate about serving others because we're saying no to things right now because we don't have enough hands and feet. So wherever you're at in that process, if that's you and you're like, I I wanna get involved, I would ask you to fill out the back of this card. And you may not know exactly what that looks like. You may have questions like, yeah, I'd love to serve in students, but I've never done that. I don't know what it looks like. We are gonna come alongside you help train you, help get you ready, help you feel comfortable. And we're gonna start that process today when you fill this card out. Maybe you've been serving in an area for a long time and you're like, I'm ready for a change. Then just check the box where you would like to start serving and just put, hey, I'm already serving, but I'd like to make a change. And we'll make that change. And then after the service, you take that card out into the lobby to the the area that's got all the fall colors. We have staff waiting for you. You'll give them that card. They'll answer questions if you have them. And we even have a gift for you today just because we're excited and passionate about helping others get involved. When you start to serve, there should be joy, but it's not always perfect because people are messy and you're serving people. So there's hard moments in serving, but there's something fulfilling and joyful about coming alongside those and helping them experience Christ in all kinds of various ways. So just as we start to close the service, um, I wanna end with this verse in Matthew 9. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God placed this church here over 50 years ago in a place where there's way more unbelievers than there are believers in Jesus Christ. There's something about this part of the country that people are drawn to, that there's beauty. We're also fortunate to have great schools around here. Families are moving in all of the time, students and kids and young adults are coming. They're coming to colleges and universities. They're starting their careers and God placed us here to make a difference for Jesus, for Him but it takes all of us. It takes a body of believers. So I wanna invite the band up. And as they come up, I also know that there's some of you in the room and you're just like, I barely got here today. I'm struggling. Yeah, it'd be great to serve somebody, but I'm not in a great place myself. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's an addiction that you have. Maybe there's a concern or a health need and you're just like, "I'm, I'm struggling. Let us serve you. All of us in this room have experienced a moment where this was us and it wasn't a bad thing. It was because we needed somebody to serve us in the name of Jesus. I've had that happen in my life over and over and over. And that's okay because what happens is the body of Christ starts to minister to you and it becomes a part of your story, a part of your testimony. And then you now get to come alongside and serve someone else. So if that's you, you've got to let us know so that we can serve you well. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, this sounds great, but I still have questions about who Jesus is. 
I've never said yes to following him with my life. And so today you're like, I, either I wanna get saved and I wanna start a relationship with him or I need to know more of how to do that. We would love to sit down this morning, right after the service, love to talk to you about what that looks like. Today you can say yes to Jesus and start to live your life in such a way that brings him glory and benefits those around you. You don't have to wait. But there's a lot of us here today that it's time for us to get involved. It's time for us to step in and just start to serve with a mindset that isn't about us, but it's about who God has placed us with, the people that are here. And through that, something different starts to happen to here and it's attractive. When you think about the church in Acts chapter two, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They broke bread together. They fellowshiped together. They lived a life that was so different together that it brought other people to Christ. That's what we get to do. And so I wanna encourage you, if you filled out a card after the service to go right out there to that area, talk to one of our staff and we will connect with you today to start that process. And if you have questions, we'll answer you. If you need to be served, prayed for, cared for, let us do that. If you wanna find Jesus, let us talk about that today after this service. I'll be right here at the front of this platform. But I wanna pray and then our band's gonna lead us through one more song. And the song is called Christ Be Magnified. And so in everything that we do, we wanna magnify Jesus. We wanna magnify him. And when we do, we become less and we start to see the people around us in a different way. And we start to have this mindset of service because serving is a part of how we worship God. So let's pray. God, we are so grateful for this morning, grateful for our time together, grateful God to enjoy the goodness of you and to sing about how amazing you are. But God, we know that you have called us to a hard but good work. God, to help people engage in Jesus, in church, in the local church, in the body of believers, and then to find their calling and to be on mission. And so God, my prayer today is that we would be a church that joyfully serves you and serves others to the best of our ability. And God, that you would be magnified in all that we do and all that we have to offer. God, if there's anyone here today who feels far from you, who doesn't know you, who feels broken, who, who just needs help, God, that they would come and say, hey, help me. That's why we're here. It's to serve others. God, we love you and we pray all of these things in your amazing, hope-filled name. Amen.